My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. Once again, I'm your host here, Dallas Montague, and today we have another amazing guest, Dr. Ewing. How are you today? I'm very fine. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate you bringing me in for the second time. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today with us again. And if you guys remember, about seven months ago, he came and shared about his first book, The Why Questions in Your Life. This was your first book, am I right? Yeah, that was my first book. All right. Well, I'm going to put that link below that you guys can check this out. And now we're going to talk about your newly released book, Coping with Challenges of Marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure our audience out there, you're familiar on how we normally start our episodes is by asking our guests a little bit about their personal testimony. Yeah. But since he has already came with us before on episode 113, The Why Questions in Your Life in April, I'm just going to ask you, what has happened in your life since you were with us in April? Yeah, thanks. I, I, I truly appreciate this opportunity again. And um, it's, it's been a quite an exciting journey since I've told my first book. Um, the response uh, to the book has been quite um, uh, interesting. And um, a lot of people have um, been blessed through it. Uh, in fact, comments like it came at the appropriate time. And we all know that uh, this book came at the uh, peak period of the pandemic, you know, that started sometime in 2019 and running through, you know, when I, you know, launched the first book. So it was more or less speaking to the various um, challenges people were facing then when the book was released and a lot of questions were being asked. And so that book turned out to be, you know, a good thing for people and a lot of people benefited from that and going through that um, it's been quite an exciting uh, journey and writing and, and that led to this second book that I'm about to uh, uh, launch not far from now but it's already been released and I'll be glad talking, you know, with you with this particular book and what actually instigated me to put this down. And knowing that the first book was of great help to people, I just believe that the same one will be of great help to people as well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can think back to the first book, The Why Questions in Your Life, and now thinking through the pandemic time with yeah. marriages, with couples, coping with challenges of marriage. I mean, we were together 24-7, something that most marriages aren't used to experiencing. And I'm so I'm really excited to hear some more about this today. And myself, I got married one week before the pandemic happened. Wow. And so my whole marriage has been 
living 24 seven with my wife. Wow. That's, I, I joke about it often that we experienced, we've been married almost two years now and we've been married, it feels like for five or 10 because every day, every waking moment we're together yeah. and, and it's interesting. So thanks again for being here and sharing this, this with our listeners today. Yep. Thank you. What is your outlook on life? How much time do you have left between here and eternity? In Jeff Jackson's newly released book, Extended Horizon Reflections, Jackson opens up about a doctor's report being diagnosed with a terminal illness that generated life trajectory changes, giving him only five years to live. Purchase Extended Horizon Reflections on Amazon today to read his powerful testimony as his horizons extended. Bellwether Records, a Christian music and media company with the mission to expand the kingdom with a twofold approach. Sell and promote music that evangelizes to the world and use the proceeds to fund the mission worldwide. Buy music, support the mission, share music, expand the kingdom. If you are an artist or just a fan of music, visit bellwetherrecords.com today to support the vision and further impact the kingdom. And so talking a little deeper about this book, Coping with the Challenges of Marriage, how do you think that your own personal life, your own marriage went into the writing of this book? Um, I'll start off by saying I remember when the preacher at my wedding said something which we always heard in every marriage. If there's anyone present who knows of any reason that couples should not be joined in holy matrimony, speaking now of forever holding your peace, I think those are the languages that was almost used. This was always almost followed by several seconds of awkward silence after such a, a word from the speaker. I could reflect back now what that really meant because then I did not know what it really meant. I didn't say something then, but I did accept the new marriage and must never express my objections to what I was going into. So I was encouraged by this uh, to pledge my support to be able to help keep my new marriage, just like every body will want to keep their new marriage and i did play an active role in my marriage i was also involved you know in that marriage making sure that uh it's not just the wedding cake that was being cut off so my role in my mm-hmm. marriage i've learned you know that living in community is essential and for you to be able to make a strong relationship, particularly when the marriage is being tested, you need to be in that role of having a strong relationship, being there to be a support to your couples. This is some of the things that I've learned in my man, my marriage to be a support, even to my wife and my wife being a support to me. I've also Mm -hmm. come to realize that uh, in my marriage, I was able to see the marriage realistically. Instead of asking 
about what God designed for that marriage, trying to make it to look perfect, I come to realize that there's always going to be conflict. There's going to be uh, misunderstanding. But what God expects from each and every one of us is that partnership, spiritual intimacy, and ability to pursue and live together, even as couples. I've also come to realize that uh, marriage is a centered union. So I see God designing that marriage and me being the center of that marriage, living that challenges, you know, knowing that even with the challenges and the various communication breakdown, God is able to do much more than, you know, I expected. So these are some of the things in my marriage that have impacted me to write the book and also come to know that marriage is a vocation to holiness. From the first day you are a husband or you are a wife, to those years that you are married, you must come to realize the awesome task of witnessing to God's faithful love towards yourself as couples and knowing that no couples is perfect. We all need help. And when that love feels strained and we get things, you know, toughened to each other, we must realize and know that uh, God is the foundation of that marriage. So these are some of the things that have been able to help me going forward mm -hmm. and making me to write some of these books, some of these thoughts down in this second book. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I do want to ask, I didn't give you this question to prepare for, but it's just, I'm coming with it now. What is your opinion or perspective behind Christian counseling in marriage? I think the perspective of uh, Christian counseling in marriage is to be able to uh, make the couples to come to a position where they are able to understand that um, inevitably marriage is a union that was established by God himself and that they are going to have problems and that even in that problems, there's a healthy way to come out of that problem by having a healthy relationship with God and to be able to know that with God all things can be made possible even in their misunderstandings of one another even they should learn that act of compromise learn to set aside each other and see God each other in God's eyes rather than seeing each other on themselves and so when I'm counseling most times to younger people, I say that uh, marriage is not a 50-50, it's a 100%. Mm -hmm. And so 100% is demanded from each and every one of us. And I, I always give this example. I said in the 100%, you must look at the 80%. Each of those couples have 80% but they also have a 20%, and that 20%, it's something that each couple tends to compromise with, instead of focusing on the 80% in building that 80%, because 
we can all have that 100%. Somebody complements the 20% to your 80%. And so you must come to that position where you have to focus on that 80% and leave the 20% for the other couple to complement you. When you see each other as a complement to one another, then that makes up the 100% and you're able to get along well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Another question. What would you say are some of the biggest struggles or causes of conflict in marriage that you've seen over the years of counseling or working with couples? Um, there's one best activity that couples can engage in a build, to build a healthy relationship. And um, some of the things that uh, I've seen over the years, it's, um, no, let me just say this way, uh, for, for, for some couples, it may be trying to share your hobby together or playing some things together. For some, it may not be, no matter these activities that you have within each other, uh, there must be something that you can do together and something that you can do regularly together as couples. And some of the conflicts that I've come across has to do with uh, budget, mm -hmm. that is uh, money. Money is one of the biggest reasons people get into divorce. Then the other things are priorities. You've got to learn to set priorities. Many times husbands put their jobs first and wives put the children first. Then other conflicts are communication. Then you have encouragement. You know, you have prayer. So there must be a unified front that you should be able to utilize and be able to avoid against as much as possible so mm -hmm. that uh, with some of these things into place, I quite believe that uh, we can force a unified, you know, person together as couples and we can be able to do much better when we add prayer to the things that we do because the Bible talks about be willing to let God work on you, ask him to convict you of all the ungodly things that might not be right. And as we bring God into our plans, I think uh, that makes for a better relationship even as we go ahead as couples. Mm -hmm. And I know something that my wife and I like to do. We like to pray together. We like to read the word together. And of course, we are missionaries, so we preach the word together. <laughs> we we do all of those things together. And so what yeah. would you say for, for couples who want to start pursuing praying together, reading the word together? Um, that's essential. That's like the primary basic of the foundation of your marriage must lie on prayer, lies on reading the word of God together, because that is what is going to um, cement your relationship and make you to understand each other. And the single biggest uh, problem is when you don't pray. But mm -hmm. when both of you learn to pray and pray for each other, that is to say that you are asking God to run the affairs of your relationship. And when you study in the world together, you are asking God to give 
both of you the wisdom and the knowledge. So those things are important for us as couples to be able to lay very good foundation even in our relationship and to know that that is the best thing that can be able to keep homes and family together. Like it's always said, the, the family that prays together stays together. Mm-hmm. When we pray, we stay together. We know the mind of God and what God expects from us. Are we able to hear from God? The same goes when we study together. We're able to get insight, you know, to the lessons that God has put down in those words for our instructions, because those words were put down so that we might not make the same mistake that all the people that went ahead of us make. They were for correction, like the scripture says in the book of Timothy, for corrections, for discipline, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished to everything that he does. So I think prayer, the word of God, and other essentials that is needed, fellowship, is very important to be able to unite and cement that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And on top of prayer and reading the word together, what would be some other tips that you can give our struggling couples out there? Maybe some things that you mentioned in the book. Um, some of the tips that I did mention in the book is uh, you must learn to do some things together. Is very important. Some things that you can do regularly together, something that you can enjoy as couples together. Um, that allows for a proper communication. It's a healthy way of communication, and uh, it's also a way of uh, uh, making productive. You know the things that. Uh, you are going to experience as you go forward in that journey. Uh, Some of the tips I mentioned in my book was I talk about money, which is budget. And if you both have equal say and stick to it, you will avoid serious damage in your relationship because you must have equal say in your finances and all that. I talk about the pitfalls in communication. If your schedule is too crazy to spend time with each other, then something in your schedule needs to go. I talk about that. Then I talk about encouragement. Uh, A critical spirit is destructive. If you are not out to encourage, instead you are there to find faults, criticisms, yelling, schisms, tantrums, those silent treatment, not answering each other, that is not a good one. Then, of course, I talk about prayer. We must be willing to let God work on us. We must mm-hmm. ask him to convict us of ungodly behaviors. We may be displaying to each other. We must try to control what God is doing with either our voice, either the husband or the wife. Then there must be that unified you know, front. Some parents never get on the same page when it comes mm-hmm. to parenting. So we may not agree on few things, but we got to push through to agree on most things. It will hurt the whole family if we don't work together. So there's a need for us to work together. Then I talked about uh, intimacy also. Uh, intimacy in the way of 
your kids working long hours, you know, feeling angry on issues. I talk about intimacy in relationship, in sexual relationship, and we must avoid things that are going to bring problems to us. The pitfalls like pornography should not be in the marriage. Infidelity should not be there. Then I talk about the fun. We both need to enjoy the activity. We must have fun times together as families. If our spouse is dragging, we don't have to do that. We must genuinely have fun together. And of course, I, uh, I will not leave this behind forgiveness. We must know that holding grudges and self-pity leads down to a dark hole. So we must, we must as couples, take ownership of our stuff and deal with that stuff first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the very best we can do in our marriage. And these are some of the big uh, advice, you know, which I gave in those books as uh, people go to buy it and begin to read on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I'm personally blessed by our conversation today because I'm a young man, just got married two years ago. I'm <laughs> expecting my first son here in a few Amen. months. And I'm personally blessed by this. So thank you so much. Thanks. Something that I just want to comment on one of the things you said was about that that God God has taught me over the last couple of years is being a young man, freshly married. I'm interested, you know, as a young married couple, the passion behind the closed doors, right? And something that God was showing me is that if I'm so passionate that I want to be with my wife behind closed doors, but I'm not praying with her first, mm-hmm. then I truly don't understand marriage. And mm-hmm. and that's it really hit me when God was speaking that to me because if I'm if I want to do that, but I'm not leading her spiritually, but I want to be with her and connect with her on an intimate level, the intimacy starts in prayer. And that's something that was really, really big in the foundation of marriage for me personally that I had to understand I need to lead my wife in prayer. I need to lead my wife in devotions and following God's plan. Yeah. And it was so important for me. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And another question, let's say some of our listeners today are not married. Maybe they want to pursue marriage one day. They're praying for that future spouse to come. What would be your best advice for those people looking for marriage or pursuing to find this spouse? I think one of the things that actually in line to that question that inspired me to write this book is that um, uh, I've always wished to write a book that tells me how to have a better marriage. Uh, For me, it was my parents. Mm -hmm. When I consider how, you know, my parents live and they had a better marriage, the marriage of my father and my mother, they had many of the elements I desired, you know, granted one might say one is biased and I was privy to many of the details in their lives while they were alive. Yet I did hope my children think of me, even of my wife, you know, the way I think of my parents. I, they were forever joining mine with their love for each other, you know, defining them. And I think in marriage, we must be joined in our mind. And that is the only way that we can define our love together. 
they weren't perfect, but they were awfully good, and they were mm -hmm. very good to each other, you know. And I want to be, I want to say that of my own marriage, and also the marriage of other people, and especially two people trying to come into a relationship. You can't be something unless you can see it. Without a visual picture of what success looks like, failure is nearly certain. So we need a model, or better yet, we need many models that can show us the way towards a better marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, there are great hindrances to many people having successful marriage today. They have never seen one. And you have many people like that, no good examples, no good role models, many well-meaning couples pledge earthly lives solely to each other. They don't have the chance of them ever navigating the stress of life together. So you don't have that you know, opportunity to navigate that. That is why you are seeing divorce is nearly certain because they have no framework in which to mm -hmm. comprehend how to have a good marriage. So you're getting into a relationship, they got to be a model, they got to be somebody that you look up onto as a model. They will do what comes naturally because if you don't have a model to look up onto, you just do what comes naturally. And when life takes enough of a toll, they will go their separate way. But that was not how God intended marriage to be. So we must thankfully, no matter the personal experience, of the individuals we come across, we can find couples whose marriage are worth emulating. No one around us is perfect in their relationship, but many couples have something to give in. So look out onto those who are being blessed in their marriage. I was in a wedding recently, I think, no, last weekend in Ohio, and the the master of ceremony was trying to say how many of us have been married for this long. And it turned out to be there was these couples who have been married for 48 years together. And that was exciting. And he said, look, I don't even know what to say. You have married this long. What advice can you give you know, to these new couples that have been married today? Well, he went on to say, I don't even need an advice. I want you to show the practical aspect of what has kept your relationship. And so can you, both of you, at this age, kiss your wife again? And so they kiss each other. That was a hmm. practical aspect to be able to make sure that you don't have to be ashamed. Even as you grow old together, that phone should still be there. So they have found a way to develop that meaningful habit. So as you get into this relationship, just find, find a way to develop the meaningful habit, design a good life, and have a lasting love for each other, even as you desire to stay for this long, even as couples. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And how many years have you been married? 33 years now. 33. All right. Amazing. That's so good. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much time for sharing today with our listeners. I'm personally blessed. Like I said, I have a copy of your book. I'm going to read it. And I want to say for all of our people listening today, his link will be below for this book. Do you want to fix your marriage? Do you have, did you 
Are you disconnected with the person that you love? Do you want to get connected closer? Do you want to start doing devotions and praying with your husband or your wife? Read this book, Coping with Challenges of Marriage. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners today? Um, a piece of advice I'd like to draw behind is that to our listeners and those who are married and those who are about to marry, let me leave this with you, that you should learn the art of compromise. Learn to set aside time to connect as often as possible as couples. Don't give up on each other. Treat each other with respect. Remember your commitment to each other, which you made that day when you made that solemn vow. Assume the best of one another. Don't ever stop trying. Stop stonewalling. Communicate respectfully to one another. Always be flexible to one another. Curiosity saves couples. So be willing to grow and to learn. And I think this is uh, what I'll leave with our listeners today. And of course, don't forget to go and find our book at Amazon and search for the book title, Coping with the Challenges of Marriage. And uh, we'll be glad that uh, you do so. And I hope that this book be a blessing to every one of you out there. Thank you. Thank you again. And can I have you end our podcast again with a prayer today? Father, I want to thank you for this podcast. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to um, speak to this audience and to the many that might be struggling in their homes and in their marriages. We trust that you are the healer of homes. You are the healer of marriages. And I believe very strongly that you have decided to release this book at the time that it will bring healing to homes and to families. Therefore, we thank you for what you would do through this book and what this book would do, even as it engages in the lives of couples, in the lives of families and homes, and will be a blessing to them. Thank you for today's podcast. Thank you for your servant whom you are using to be able to make up for this podcast and thank you for the ministry that you have called him and his wife and thank you for how you've been reaching our people to this ministry my prayer is that you continue to bless him and prosper the work of his hands this engagement that will lead him to the path of fulfillment to the purpose in life appreciate you for today and we thank you and we ask that your blessings will rest upon the people and that you continue to rule over the people, guide over the people, be the lordship in their lives, be the light to them. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.